Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Today is World Right to Die Day, which seeks to call attention to the situation of terminally ill people who wish to end their own lives. Right now, a protest is taking place outside Leinster House. Among them is Brendan O'Shea of a group called Irish Doctors Supporting Medical Assistance in Dying. Brendan, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, So could you start by telling us what is the legislative situation right now? uh, Gino Kenny did have legislation that he introduced. Where is that? Uh, that, introdu- that legislation um, was of significant interest. It was examined. Uh, he submitted a, a fairly simple, clear bill. Uh, it was felt to be not adequate. And the outcome of that from last July, not this July, last July uh, 2021, uh, the Justice Committee indicated that there should be a special Oireachtas Committee uh, established to examine this in greater detail. Now, it's well over a year, and that committee, that committee hasn't yet been established. Um, so we're here today. Uh, we're handing in, we're not protesting, we're, we're, we're far too good-humoured for that, <laughs> really, although this is a serious issue. But, but we're handing in a, 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 a petition with over 5,000 signatures requesting to get the committee underway. Um, so we feel, uh, intuitively, uh, that a lot of politicians are supportive and do understand. Uh, we want the issue to be examined. We would like Irish people to have this choice at end of life, uh, but that's why we're here. Um, It's an ethically very sensitive issue and it's an important issue, but it's also important to note that in Ireland, as an affluent society, we are falling increasingly behind the curve. Uh, Last week, Tasmania approved it for the state of Tasmania. So we need to move on and have the committee. That's why we're here. Mm. Now, would you have, as particularly your group, um, would you have an idea of uh, the shape of such legislation? What would be the procedures involved in it? Well, I think probably the first thing uh, the legislation would establish is that it becomes a right uh, of Irish people or people living in Ireland uh, to have medical assistance in dying, subject to conditions. Uh, And that's really where the committee needs to come in and needs to look. It needs to look at how this has been set up in other jurisdictions. It needs to critically appraise what's the best way to go on this for Ireland. It may actually decide that this isn't the right thing to do. It may decide that this is the right thing to do. Um, And our group, and I'm representing Irish doctors supporting medical assistance in dying, it's over 100 registered medical practitioners. Our perspective on it is we would like this to be established on a conservative basis in a way that applies to people who are dying from common conditions that are known to be progressive and in instances where standard medical care hasn't been able to alleviate very difficult symptoms, particularly pain, Mm. uh, nausea and vomiting. We have really good palliative care in this country and it is very effective and it's very effective most of the time, but not all of the time. Now, we know uh, in other societies where this has been established for 10 or 20 or 30 years, we know that medical assistance in dying is of interest and important to about one in 10 of all people who are dying. And of that one in 10, Uh, usually about two to four will go ahead to avail of it uh, in countries where this is readily available. So that's what our group uh, are in favour of, but it can only be done if it's set up with the right process of evaluation, with the right clinical checks and balances. And we're very keen at this stage. We're actually kind of really impatient. Well, actually, yes, we are protesting. Uh, We need the Oireachtas to go ahead and move with this. We know that successive polls uh, would show that the electorate strongly 
uh, support the idea of it to the extent of about 75 or 80 percent and we would like the politicians to get behind this in all of the other things that they have to do they're a very busy bunch of people yeah uh, wh- why in some instances does palliative care not work um, no, it's important to get the headline right. <laughs> Palliative care is wonderful. It works almost all the time. Mm. But it's understood in about 5% of cases there's a failure uh, of, 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 of treatment. The analgesics, uh, all of them, and when they're used to the full dosage, sometimes, rarely, they don't alleviate the pain particularly. Uh, and if you have any doubts about that, you can just dip into the medical literature on Google Scholar and look for failure of symptom control plus palliative care. And you will easily convince yourself that this is a constant across all healthcare systems. Uh, it's not that ours is any better or any worse than anybody else's. It is just a fact of medical life. In Canada, where they introduced this in 2015, along the lines that we're supportive of, the two main reasons that people give in choosing this are progressive, persistent, very distressing symptoms and also an inability to participate in life, progressive, relentless disability without a prognosis of improvement. So these, these are the grounds that people choose to in a society that is otherwise rather like ours. We have a lot mm. in common with Canada. Is it very important, though, that the person uh, expresses their desire to end their life as opposed to someone perhaps doing it on their behalf because they're perhaps they're not able to? Uh, in our group, Irish Doctors Supporting Medical Assistance in Dying, what the individual wants is absolutely central. And it's central at all stages. It's central when they get a diagnosis. It's central that they're consulted about their life choices, uh, about their, how their medical care is to be structured and delivered, uh, and how their end-of-life care should be planned, and including this if this becomes important for them. We're concerned in our health system, which is absolutely kind of screwed into the ground, Uh, and really trying to do too much with a bit too little, Uh, we're concerned that we don't really have enough time to have these consultations with people, and it becomes very hurtful and difficult for some people. So we're for people. We're for people having conversations. We're for people having supported conversations. We're for people having a time uh, to consider all of the options open to them. This is all around an extended prognosis, and we're for medical assistance in dying as a choice. As a doctor, I can see the need for it um, in my own practice. And as a person, I absolutely can see the need. And I know that there's a 19 out of 20 chance that I'll be very well cared for in Kildare. But I also know that there's about a 1 in 20 chance where I will have very difficult sim- sim- symptoms against a background of a very difficult diagnosis. And I would want medical assistance in dying for myself. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. Now, people listening, some people listening might take, you know, this is a thing that's open to abuse, they'd have worries about that. What kind, from your point of view, what kind of checks and balances need to be plumbed into this uh, to give people reassurance? Well, they are right. And I, I don't think anybody will actually ever be reassured about death and dying. So, so it's important to understand that. I think it's also important to understand that no matter what medical system you put in place or any kind of system, you will not get 100%. I think it's just important to be very clear about that. Mm. But I think you look at the harms that we have from the current system, which come loosely bundled under the idea over medicalization at end of life, and you look at the harms that might arise from a system for medical assistance and dying uh, that's very well managed, uh, and I think the 
the analysis would be supportive of medical assistance in dying. So we could look at the Dutch system. I've briefly referenced the Canadian system. Um, the Dutch system is of interest because it's been running for over 30 years. Uh, and I think establishing this committee, and I'd like all the News Talk listeners um, uh, and all your followers of Moncrief, uh, can they get on to their local TDs? Uh, can they send an email? Can they get on Twitter? And can they put a bit of energy behind having this committee to make sure that the right conversations are had right from the Oireachtas, right into the homes and communities of our country, right across the country. It would make us a better society in key respects. And we're not looking for money. We're looking for a little bit of time. We're looking for good process. Uh, we're looking to establish a system, a part of the, of, the, of the health system that's available in other countries, commensurate with our own. Yeah. And, and, and obviously there'll be some sort of assessment system now in in. in uh, for a person who might be close to the end of their life anyway, they might be in constant pain, as you say, assessing their mental state, uh, whether they're capable of making this decision or not. Can that be tricky? Um, most of the time it isn't. Some of the time it absolutely is. And I suppose an area that our group is particularly concerned about relates to people who have impaired uh, cognitive function or dementia. Mm. And we know that in Ireland, of the 35,000 or so people who die each year, um, about a fifth to a quarter of them will have significant impaired cognitive function. Our view on that is that these people are especially vulnerable. Uh, our view is, is that these conversations need to start happening much earlier before people have impaired cognitive function. Yeah. Um, and we want a little bit of time, particularly in general practice, to have the conversations. We know that people are well able to have the conversations, particularly before they become critically unwell. We know that they can re recruit, and it's incredibly valuable to have a trusted friend who they can discuss their care with. Uh, and all of that um, allows us um, to have greater confidence uh, in terms uh, of making the right decisions in the right way, in the right time, documenting them. But these are all the issues that this committee needs to tease out. Mm. So we've had very good support uh, from the Oireachtas today. We've had Richard Boyd Barrett. We've had Ivana Bacic. Uh, we have Martin Hayden. Um, we've had Fergus Finlay. Um, we know that there's a will and there's an interest uh, in terms of getting this committee underway. We understand the Oireachtas is an incredibly busy place, um, but we are working away at it. And we really we strongly encourage News Talk listeners uh, to actually get on the Twitter machine um, to talk to their own uh, constituency politicians to make this a bigger issue and to get this Oireachtas committee underway to do the right thing. Yeah, is, it, there's no, and I assume it happens in some parts of the world, these kind of procedures can take place in people's homes. Um, my, well, in certain respects, my favourite system is that in the Netherlands, uh, where typically you put the request to your own family doctor. Uh, in the Netherlands, quite a lot of family doctors provide the service. They have an evaluation carried out by a second doctor, usually within the same practice. If there's any significant doubt, they get an external doctor from outside the practice to evaluate. Uh, most of the time, it's fairly straightforward, but not always. And most of the time, uh, if, the, if the request is deemed to be acceptable and justifiable, um, it's scheduled. And most of the time, the service is provided as a house call in your own home. Mm. That, to me, is the way that I would like it for myself if the need arose for me to have this service. I do not want, at end of life, to be unnecessarily referred into my local casualty department or into an acute hospital. They are very busy places. 
Uh, they're not comfortable places uh, for end of life, despite the very best and highest levels of professionalisation. But an Irish casualty department is not where anybody wishes to be at end of life. Uh, but that is the Dutch system. Uh, it's evolved over 30 years of practice. There are aspects of it that some of us have a difficulty with, uh, but in terms of process of care, we really like the way they have set it up. If your house call is being scheduled on a Friday, for example, uh, the local police station will be notified in advance to let them know that there is a death expected in the community. Uh, if your GP is providing the service and you're having a house call, uh, the the local paramedic service or the ambulance service comes to site the IV line. So you have three different strands of service involved, which is very pragmatic. Having it done at home is very inexpensive, but most importantly, having three different strands of service allows us to understand that you don't have a Harold Shipman lone practitioner engaged in mm. unsafe or unacceptable practice. So this has been done all over the globe. Um, we need to get ourselves up to speed here. We need this committee to sit. We need to have all sides of the conversation worked through by this committee. And hopefully um, the correct legislation will evolve in due course. But it's not going to happen unless Moncrief, Moncrief followers, indeed all of News Talk, uh, gets on to your local um, elected representatives and helps them to, to get on with it. Right. Well, you heard Brendan there. If it doesn't happen, it's apparently all our fault. Uh, Brendan, thanks for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, Dr. Brendan O'Shea. He's an assistant professor for general practice in Trinity and a member of that group, Irish Doctors Supporting Medical Assistance in Dying. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. On News Talk.